We are back for another year of the best slate of the season, and that is Thanksgiving, the three-game slate with the food, the football, and the family. And you know it's a big slate when there's a million dollars to first place on DraftKings, so let's get into everything you need to know, the best plays for this slate. And we'll begin at the quarterback position where it's a, it's a nice price range here. There's nobody standing out too much as really expensive or super cheap. Like, Dak comes in as the highest-priced guy at 6,800. Makes sense when you have a great team total, 29.5 points, and the way Dak has been playing. Over the last month to six weeks, he's starting to work his way into to the MVP race and look you might be saying he's 11 point favorite they're not going to throw a lot well you could have said the same thing two weeks ago when they were 10 point favorites against the Giants and Dak went for over 400 yards and five total touchdowns and now they face a commander's team where if you start to look at the pass attempts 44 35 this past week he threw 38 times so he's throwing 35 plus times a week no matter how much of a favorite they are or are not and they're facing the commanders which is advantageous because Washington this season allows the most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks they're allowing their nearly 3,000 yards as the second most this season and their 24 touchdown passes is the most so this is a really beneficial spot at home on thanksgiving for dak prescott and the cowboys so i'm a fan of dak prescott in this matchup but i also like the guy on the other side of this one and that would be sam howell because look he's 6200 a little cheaper and he's on the other side so he's an 11 point underdog and this guy is already setting the record for most pass attempts in a season right now he's averaging over 40 attempts per game and you could expect as an 11 point underdog that should continue and that trend of a lot of passes continued this past game where he had 45 attempts they were supposed to be 10 point favorites and blow them out and not throw a lot well they got down and they still through the ball and now if you date this back to week four when he throws 41 times against the eagles look at his attempts 51 then there's 23 that's the outlier because 42 52 45 44 in this past week 45 this guy is throwing 40 or more times in every single game but one since week two so you get the cheaper option here compared to dak prescott with a lot of stacking options and none of those stacking options are insanely expensive between mclaurin dotson even the tight end logan thomas so not one guy is standing out as a must play over the other we'll have the projections and rankings and all that up on patreon so you can see which one grades out the best but it really depends on the stack that you're building i really want to try and get triple stacks on these smaller slates so three players to stack up with the quarterback another option here would be brock purdy because he's coming off of three straight games with 20 plus fantasy points and he has a nice team total based on what his price point is you can see right here on the right side of the screen nearly a 25 point team total 24.75 based on his price point of 6100 that alone makes him a little undervalued but of course that's not the only variable that goes into it there's a lot of other things that are making his projection look nice here and the matchup is one of them he's gonna face seattle and average to bad secondary and the price point will probably pick up some ownership here based on how he's been playing but at least he's the last game on the slate so you get a little bit of late swap which is very valuable in these three game massive slates now outside of that the quarterback position eh, i'm not really big on jordan love i know he's going to be an underdog and have to throw not overall there on him geno smith is dealing with some injuries so there's some other you know shady spots early on it's that dallas game both quarterbacks standing out the most depending on your stack now let's move to the running back position where of course christian mccaffrey is going to have to be in play because of according to ian hardest of fantasy life mccaffrey now has 100 plus total yards or a touchdown in his last 50 50 yes 50 there's 17 games in an nfl season 50 games that he's been healthy so you can expect McCaffrey averaging nearly 25 points a game over that in DraftKings land you can expect him to be like 90 plus percent owned on this slate which means that it might not be a terrible idea to actually fade him if you're only playing like one lineup in the million maker sounds crazy but that's where you get your leverage but if you're playing in a small to midfield he's probably just a lot unless you start to build around the elite wide receivers and you go with the double wide receiver builds of an Amon Ross St. Brown and CeeDee Lamb let us get there in a second but outside of that McCaffrey is going for 20 plus points a game he's standing out and also the best spot to play 
McCaffrey is definitely on price picks where they have a promotion here. This is as good as it gets, of course. Over a half a total yard. Rushing or receiving, if he gets a half, you win this bet. He's projected for 110 and a half. That's his normal line. Of course, they're just going to put this here as a promotion. So a lot of people watching on Thanksgiving, you play your brother, you tell your aunt, your uncle, so you get a lot of people involved and they get on the site. But of course, it's a free bet, so it is worthwhile. Go ahead and check it out. There's a link in the description below so you can get this bet with a free bet added onto that up to $100. Just use the code SAL, S-A-L, when you sign up over there. Now, back to the running back position we go. The Detroit running backs are going to look good. Jameer Gibbs continues to be the guy now the last two weeks, even with David Montgomery back. Because as you can see from our official data partner, Fantasy Life, over these last two games with Montgomery back, he's played exactly 58% of the snaps in each game. So he's played 58% of the snaps the last two weeks. That is the majority by a decent amount. And now he is not seeing elite rushing usage. It's still Montgomery, especially this past week, who saw more work on the ground. But we know Jameer Gibbs to be an elite pass catching back, and that's exactly what he's doing to pay off. He caught 100% of his passes against Chicago, a game where they get down and he works in both the two-minute offense in the first half and the second half to put up nearly 12 fantasy points in the air alone no matter what you do on the ground after that just eight carries 36 yards but he found the end zone it's going to make it a nice week when you have that type of floor and ceiling in the receiving department and now he's taking on a Packers defense that has been brutal the last six weeks against the run two weeks ago the Steelers running backs Najee Harris and Jalen Warren both go for over six yards per carry and this past week Austin Eckler did the same so yeah I feel pretty good about the elite efficiency six yards per touch this year Jameer Gibbs having a nice day against Green Bay but do you prefer him or David Montgomery Montgomery, whose snaps increased to 41% in week 11, saw more work on the ground and overall saw a nice touch count. You can see here, 14 total touches for 98 yards. Remain highly efficient, finds the end zone here against Chicago, and now he gets just as good of a matchup. By the way, earlier this season, he faced this Packers team. And let me remind you, on Thursday Night Football that week, he dominated them. For three touchdowns, over 100 total yards, he goes for 37 fantasy points. Of course, that'd be great if he does that on this slate. It's an instant lock. You got to have him in your lineups. But I do think there's some merit to his style of running paying off against this Packers team. So early on right now, based on where ownership is coming in, I'm leaning David Montgomery over Gibbs, but you could actually play both of them if you wanted to. Now, speaking of the Packers, their running back Aaron Jones is going to miss some time, it seems like, with a knee injury as of this recording. So AJ Dillon at $5,400 is the next man up. And he didn't do much when Aaron Jones left the game. He was the primary back because both Aaron Jones and the third string Emmanuel Wilson had to leave. Look at this. He gets 18 touches. That's good to see. The touch count is good, but only 29 yards on the ground. The four receptions is nice to see, but overall, he hasn't been all that efficient this year, despite the good matchup last week and now this week is anything but a good matchup it's the complete opposite of his matchup last week against the chargers a game where bosa didn't play he got hurt because he's facing the Lions' number two run defense they allow the fourth fewest yards per game to opposing running backs so that's not good you already have an inefficient running back now going up against a team that does not allow efficiency but the one thing that dylan has going for him this is a small slate he'll probably be lower owned because of another player around him we'll talk about that guy in a second and he is averaging 18 touches per game without aaron jones and the packers just have nobody left now the other guy worth mentioning is zach charbonnet who's 5300 and this rookie is somebody who's been excited when he gets touches this year. And now the reason why he is in play is because of this right here. Kenneth Walker sustained an oblique injury that Pete Carroll, who normally says the injuries aren't major, he actually said that this is a legit injury. It's serious, which is rare. And if that's the case, we probably should listen and believe him on a short week. It doesn't seem like Walker will suit up as of now. And this is important because it means the second round rookie should be in line to start. And he's been great this year. The fourth most efficient running back on the ground, complete opposite of AJ Dillon. And he's 12th in yards per touch, very similar to a guy like Jameer Gibbs, averaging 5.6 yards per touch this year. Now, the problem for Zach Charbonnet is he's going to be a major underdog. He might not even have his starting quarterback out there, and he's facing the 49ers, who are a top five defensive line, and they limit running backs to the second fewest yards in the league. So none of that is good, but at least he has a pass catching chops. You can see right here his final two years of college 24 and 37 receptions. In college, if you have a 20 catch season for a running back, that's great. 30 is fantastic. He had nearly 40. So at a cheaper price point, this could pay off for you. You might get Drew Locke in there checking it down a decent amount, and you get a four or five catch game for Charbonnet at the price tag. Basically, whichever one of these running backs comes in lower own between Zach Charbonnet and AJ Dillon I want to go to I prefer AJ 
Dillon, but we have to see where the ownership comes in later in the week on Patreon. You can check it out and follow it. Link down below. Now, one final running back who is standing out to me. Now, I know Tony Pollard on this slate. That's fine. I prefer Jameer Gibbs or Montgomery. I think Pollard maybe gets a little bit lost in there, but he had a nice week last week. We get the injured running backs in Kenneth Walker and Aaron Jones. So it kind of hollows out that middle range between, let's say, a David Montgomery and the rest of these guys. But Brian Robinson is hiding there at 5,900. And the reason I bring him up is because his role has been changing with Antonio Gibson. Now. Robinson is coming off of back-to-back season highs in targets. And last week, his role actually changed. He ran nearly 70% of the routes instead of normally like 30% for the commanders. He was out there as a three down back. And this paid off for a season high nine targets. And because of these targets, look at this. I mean, they're passing so much. It's checking down from Sam Howell. It's downfield. He's throwing everywhere Sam Howell right now. Seven catches on nine targets is elite. It doesn't matter what he does on the ground. Now we see 17 carries, doesn't find the end zone. But because of that passing game work, gets 24 total touches in a 20 point day. And as an 11 point underdog with Antonio Gibson not practicing at all last week, and now it's a short week, it seems like Gibson could be highly questionable to doubtful yet again. This bodes well for Brian Robinson. I'm actually looking to pair up Christian McCaffrey, that free prop earlier with Brian Robinson's receiving yard total in this one once it drops. So again, just a reminder to go ahead and take that on prize picks. It's a free bet on the McCaffrey side, add Brian Robinson in, assuming that the yardage prop is decent somewhere in the 20s. And now let's transition to the wide receiver position. We're probably the best value on the slate. I assume you're going to get a lot of ownership here is going to be for the Packers. Number one receiver, it seems in Jaden Reed at $4,200 coming off back to back 19 point days in fantasy. And what he did against the Chargers was impressive because he continued to be efficient, not just as a receiver, four catches, 46 yards on six targets, but on the ground, three carries has a 30 yard rushing score. They're involving him there more. This should continue if Aaron Jones and third string Emmanuel Wilson are out. And this guy just looks dynamic. Debo Samuel light is what he's being called. And a lot of his success has to do with the overall play calling getting a little bit better. And part of that has to do with just Jordan Love looking more comfortable back to back games on average now during that time of over 300 passing yards. So Jaden Reed is trending nicely and they're going to be trailing. So he should earn more targets, but this is like the perfect time where you can maybe get some leverage. Jaden Reed will definitely be highly owned, but in this same price range as his own teammate, Christian Watson, who has been struggling, but found the end zone last week at 4,300. If you're talking large field GPPs, trying to win a Millie maker, pivoting off of a highly owned Jaden Reed for a low owned Christian Watson could be a very interesting move on Thanksgiving day. Now, of course, you're not going to know who the leverages are, the guys who are lower owned than they should be, and the guys who are bad plays, higher owned than they should be without a specific tool. Now, you don't need to use my tool, but I do have the DFS blueprint over on my Patreon. It includes all of that, best values, best plays, ownership, rankings, projections, everything you need for an optimizer as well. Everything you need to kind of set yourself up the best to win. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say this will guarantee you're a Millie maker. There's a lot of luck that goes into that, but this is going to improve your play and get you in the right direction to start winning more consistently. So you can go ahead and you can join the thousands of people who are already members of the DFS blueprint. You just scan the QR code on the screen or click the link in the description below. All right, now let's talk about these cheap punt values. And we were talking about the Packers. Dontavian Wicks is interesting if he is healthy because he was playing 50% of the snaps in week nine and week 10, but then week 11, he got a head injury and he had to leave early. But despite leaving early with that injury he still acquired five targets in this game he goes for three catches 91 yards he had a near miss on a touchdown also in this one and yes it was a fantastic matchup but this is a middle to late round rookie and he looks good out there in terms of his size and his speed he profiles out as a slightly bigger Marvin Mims you might have heard the name the Denver Broncos second round wide receiver same thing deep threat in college average catch for this guy Dontavian Wicks was over 20 yards downfield so again he's dealing with a head injury but if he's active you're probably going to see four or six targets and if he finds the end zone he's paying off of that price tag in the low three case and this is the exact type of player who allows you to afford these expensive eight thousand dollar receivers especially when there's a Christian McCaffrey on the slate and I'm looking at Amon Ross St. Brown as the most sure thing that we've seen in a while I know CeeDee Lamb is on this historic pace over the last month or so it kind of cooled off a little bit last week but Amon Ross St. Brown 
32% of the targets since week two leads the entire NFL. And also during that time, he has five or more catches in every game and 100 or more yards in six out of seven games. And now we get to Green Bay secondary that is banged up, losing players due to trades and whatnot. Now I should point out because some of you might be saying, hey, the Packers secondary was one of the only units to slow down Amon Ra this year. Only five catches, only seven targets, only 56 yards. Yeah, but there's a couple of things to point out. This was a blowout, so they didn't pass a lot at all in the second half or fourth quarter. And also Rajul Douglas was covering him in this game. That slot cornerback, who is a good slot cornerback, has now moved on to the Buffalo Bills in a trade. So it's going to depend on your stacks, but I do like Amon Ra St. Brown in this one. And if you can't stack him up, I'm not really looking to stack him up with Jared Goff. Maybe you try and skinny stack him with somebody else on the Packers and AJ Dillon of sorts of somebody lower owned. And then you move on to a different game for a full stack. Now the wide receivers in the game, that's maybe the most appealing to stack from a quarterback standpoint. That's the Cowboys and the Washington Commanders. All these guys are in play. Like obviously CeeDee Lamb's up top. It depends on how you can get to him if you want to prioritize him in your stack over a McCaffrey. But Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, these guys are cheap. Now Dotson has struggled with Curtis Samuel back. And then what do you know? Curtis Samuel gets thrown out last week and Dotson finds the end zone. Terry McLaurin has been consistent, you know, seven to nine targets a game, but not finding the end zone. All these guys are in play. And the same can be said for the Dallas side of the ball. Brandon Cooks comes right back into action. Should be a little bit lower on based on where he's priced and the guys around him and how he's performed last week at least. But then also Jalen Turbo to sneaky, if there's no Dontavian Wicks, a sneaky dart throw. Five targets in three straight games for the second year player. He'll be involved in this game in a nice matchup. The commanders allow the second most points to wide receivers. Now it would not be fair if I did not bring up Debo Samuel because early on, and of course this can change as the week goes on and more content drops and we get some more news and information, but early on Debo Samuel is looking like one of the better leverage plays on the slate. After scoring just nine fantasy points last week, he hasn't had a big game. He's had just one decent game since week three. You're getting George Kittle dominating the last three weeks. McCaffrey week in and week out doing well and Brandon Ayuk coming off of a big game. Debo Samuel sort of forgotten here and coming in lower on than he should. On just a three game slate, I do think that Debo Samuel stands out, especially in that last game of the day where you can have some information and late swap if you have to. Your team's already doing good. Well, go to a guy who's maybe a little bit higher on. But outside of that, I like Debo Samuel's leverage. And Debo Samuel finds himself in this price range that is highly appealing. Look at this 6K range right here. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and then also Debo Samuel right there at 5,900. These guys are all kind of being, you know, it's this forgotten range, you can say. People are going up and bottom anchoring. They're going to the top or the bottom right now early on for ownership. I think DK Metcalf is great. Coming off of a 20-point day, you can see that performance right here. Five catches on nine targets, finds the end zone against the Rams. This was a nice matchup, but the 49ers is a sneaky good matchup for outside receivers. They give up explosive plays of 20 plus yards at a top 10 rate. And that happened last week. They gave it up to a rookie who really hasn't done much this year on the Tampa Bay Bucks and Rakeem Jarrett. And they also gave up a team high 12 targets to Mike Evans, who was just this close away to a couple big plays if Baker Mayfield didn't let him down. So I think one of the leverage spots on this slate is that $6,000 range as most people are going to build around either one or two of the expensive wide receivers, meaning they're going to have to go down to the cheaper 4K options more times than not to make it work. Which is perfect for you if you're looking to go to DK Metcalf because he's still a walking cheat code. He ranks fourth in red zone targets and seventh in downfield usage this season. Now the wide receiver position is deeper than other positions just by the nature of more guys being on the field. So there will be more values here. JSN basically getting five targets every single week. We'll see what happens there because, you know, they're going to be trailing, so throwing, but who's going to be the quarterback throwing the ball? We talked about Michael Gallup and Curtis Samuel being in play. Josh Reynolds is a sneaky flyer because he's out there running deep routes, but running a little bit less routes with Jamison Williams coming on. So the overall guys down here, Jamison Crowder seeing more usage because Curtis Samuel got ejected last week. The overall guys down here that are dart throws, your Dontavian Wicks, your Jalen Tolberts, your Josh Reynolds, they don't stand out as maybe past years where you get a guy who's normally seeing six, seven targets more involved, but you are getting guys down here that are talented, younger players, going to see four or five 
five targets hoping for a touchdown and now that takes us to the tight end position where sometimes going double tight end on these slates could be interesting especially when there's not an insanely priced tight end now george kittle at 6k is more expensive by far outside of sam laporte two thousand dollars more than any other tight end it might be hard to get to him because of the other positions top end players but kittle rightfully so is where he's priced 20 plus points in three straight days and he's actually seeing more volume 11 and nine targets in two out of the last three weeks now a lot of people naturally will punt the tight end position especially when most of the guys on this slate are cheap outside of the top two guys the other four options other three starting options are viable when you're looking at dallas with jake ferguson you're looking at logan thomas and luke musgrave i don't think kittle will be as highly owned but it's hard to get there even for me just know he will be leveraged now i personally think jake ferguson is leveraged because people are definitely going to go down to logan thomas at 3500 because he keeps seeing volume but ferguson coming off of a bad week though gets himself in a bounce back matchup with the highest team total on the slate and here's the thing he didn't have a touchdown or didn't have a lot of volume but check this out according to fantasy life again our official data partner he ran 83 percent of the routes 83 percent of the routes was his third most on the year you could see 89 percent and 85 percent in weeks eight and week nine so he's still seeing elite usage if he continues this usage he's going to score and this week might be the best week to do that because he's taking on a commander's secondary that has just been brutal so far this season i mean we saw what tommy devito literally did to them just a week ago like they made him actually look like a really good nfl quarterback and not only that but they allow the second most touchdowns to tight ends now i mentioned logan thomas and i do think he is going to be the highest owned tight end on the slate at least right now because his price point is fair he's seeing like seven eight nine targets games because of how much this team is throwing and he's in the environment that people will want to stack up in dallas and washington look i can't blame you he has eight red zone targets on the year that's top 10 so there's some upside there and he has five or more targets in five straight games that's tough at the tight end position to trust and he's at least been volume wise trustworthy so it really comes down to how you build your overall lineup there's no terrible tight end that i'm seeing here it depends on what your overall lineup looks like and what it keeps you or allows you to get by playing these guys the other guy to call out here is sam laporta now i know luke musgraves here coming off a six target game i think he's fine at 3300 probably a better leverage play off of logan thomas assuming the other spots of your lineup are highly owned but sam laporta probably it's him and jake ferguson as my favorite tight end plays and the reason i say laporta he's off of a couple of pedestrian weeks he's only earned 16 percent of the targets these last two games which for a rookie tight end is great but when you compare it to his 30 percent and 28 percent in the previous weeks it's not as good and it's because jameer gibbs is more involved in the passing game but that's exactly what you want you want people to say ah laporte is too expensive he hasn't been great even though three weeks ago he was fantastic he's in a nice matchup with a good team total i think everything is fine here it's actually good for us that he's had two bad weeks because his ownership will be lower now of course the price point is a little bit more expensive you're getting 1300 more than jake ferguson two thousand dollars more than some of these other tight ends you can play but if you can make it work i think sam laporta is a priority in large field keep that in mind large field not your cash games not your small field if you're trying to win the millie maker he starts to look like a nice leverage option depending on what the rest of your lineup looks like so this is what i'm looking at as of right now for this thanksgiving slate of course i'm going to update the tools as more information and ownership needs to be updated throughout the week and you can check that out link down below on my patreon and join the thousands of other people currently using the blueprint and also just to let you and your family know that you'll be watching the game about that christian mccaffrey promo it helps me out here to spread the word about a partner but it also helps you because it's literally a free bet pair it up with brian robinson's receiving yards and have yourself a nice turkey day so I appreciate you all tuning in. I hope you have a great holiday and I'll see you all. Best of luck, by the way. Win a lot of dollar I'll see you all in the next one.